Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, we are going to talk about a concept and I'm just going to state it for you right up front, and then we'll work our way into this. And the topic is why playing not to lose doesn't equal playing to win. Now, you've heard me talk about sports many times in parallel sports to our lives, uh, both our, our social lives, our, our physical, financial lives. Sports has a, a microcosm because it highlights in a very short period of time very large accomplishments and very great failures. And this weekend, I was watching the three sports teams in Houston, and you know that I am not a big fan of the three sports teams in Houston. Well, that's probably not the right way to say it. I would love to be a great fan of these losing teams, but they're constantly losing. Now, this weekend, uh, I saw more evidence of why these teams lose and why they don't lose the difference between winning and losing. And it became very evident to me as I watched these games where I could see the difference between a losing mentality and a winning mentality. Now, we're going to go into this, and I'm going to start with uh, the Texans. And for those of you who are not from Texas, I apologize if you don't know the Texans, but they're a football team out of Houston, and uh, they're doing terrible this year. They're like um, three and four. Um, they had a great defense. The defense got hurt. Now they have a terrible defense. They had a terrible offense. Then we got Deshaun Watson, and now they have an incredibly good offense. And so in the last five games, this is the first quarterback that has thrown three or more touchdowns as a rookie five games in a row. No rookie's ever done that. This rookie's done that. This rookie has run for more touchdowns and run for more yards than any other quarterback in the NFL this year. Um, this rookie has done things that have never been done. He holds the record now for the best start for any rookie quarterback ever in the NFL, ever, of all time, anybody. I mean, here is a guy that wants to play. Now, what about a supporting cast? DeAndre Hopkins, leading receiver in the NFL this year. More yards and more touchdowns, tied for the most touchdowns, and tied with the other receiver for the Texans, Will Fuller. Will Fuller holds the record. Now, DeAndre Hopkins has the most yards and the most touchdowns. Will Fuller has the most touchdowns per catch of any receiver in the NFL. He's caught the ball 11 times and has seven touchdowns. That's almost unheard of. He's averaging two touchdowns a game. You know, it's just unbelievable what these guys have put together. And this game this weekend, it was just a shootout. You had the Seattle Seahawks, and you had another great quarterback, another young quarterback that can run and throw both, and these two just went at it like gangbass. And what was interesting was 
during the game, the coach allowed Deshaun Watson to play to win. Every time he got the ball, he let him do everything he needed to do to go down that field and score. Deshaun Watson has scored over 30 points in every game in the last five games. Over 30 points. He did 38 points just this weekend. But it wasn't enough to win. And the whole game came down to a interception that put the Texans ahead 38-34. to 34. The game was theirs. There was only a minute and 20 seconds left in the game. And all they had to do was run out the clock. They were at six, uh, they were uh, third and third and four, I'm sorry, third and four. And if any of you know anything about a bootleg quarterback, Deshaun Watson could run four yards with his eyes closed, his hands tied behind his back and not even knowing which direction he was running, he could get those four yards. If he would have bailed out to the side with a couple guys with him where he could either have kept it or given it to somebody else, that four yards was a given. Game's over. But what did the coach do? The coach froze. He balked and lost the game for their team. What did he do? He ran the ball right down the center where they expect you to try to get four yards. Their worst thing that they've been doing, running. Look at all the stuff I just said. Their passing game is perfect. His running game is perfect. They give it to a running back, run it right into the wall of the line, get two yards. And now they have to punt it away with a minute 25 left in the game. Punt it away and give it back to the Seattle Seahawks and to a potent, potent offense that's been keeping up with them the whole game. The only difference is every time the Seattle Seahawks scored, Deshaun Watson and the Texans scored right back. They played to win and they were winning. They were winning and winning and winning. They were ahead with a minute 25 to go. And the coach freezes. What did he do? He played not to lose. Instead of letting Deshaun Watson win the game, he played not to lose. And because of that, they punted. Seahawks threw a long bomb. The next play was a touchdown. Game's over. We lose. Should never have happened. Everyone was stunned. Deshaun Watson said, I should have done better, but it wasn't his fault. He said, yes, we probably could have had a better play, but I should have done better. That is total behunk. The coach killed the game, just like the coach killed the game a couple of games ago when he didn't call timeout. This coach plays to not lose. And what's interesting, now that he's got a team that plays to win, it is clear that it's the coach's mistakes that are holding this team down. It's time to fire this coach. He's the wrong guy for this team. He plays not to lose. What happens when you play not to lose? Well, number one, when you play behind fear, when you're out there in the world and you're trying to accomplish something and you're playing behind fear, Fear shuts you down. That's all there is to it. It just flat shuts you down. You can't make a move. The second thing that happens is the world doesn't wait for you. While you sit there and take a defensive position, the Seattle Seahawks threw a 70-yard touchdown in a minute left to play in the game. 
the world's not going to wait for you in life to decide to take a move. If you do nothing more than just sustain in your life, you're losing. You're going backwards because everybody else is going forward in their life and you're sitting there just trying to sustain. The last one is there's been all types of psychological experimentation to prove that whatever you focus on, you will achieve. So if you focus on the fact that you could lose and you need to keep from losing, you will lose. On the other hand, if you focus on you're going to win, then you will do the things to win. This coach killed this team. Now, what's the parallel? Oh, my gosh, there's all kinds of parallels, folks. What are you doing financially? What are you doing? Are you playing not to lose? Are you doing the stupid stuff of paying off your house? How is that making you any wealthier? It's not making you any wealthier. Take a dollar, stick it in your pocket, say it's saved. How are you any better off than you were the day before you earned the dollar? You're not. You've done nothing to score points, to put points on the board. You are just trying to hide the money you have by paying off your house, putting it in a 401k, sticking it in an IRA, putting it in a college fund. You're hiding money from yourself because you're afraid to go out and throw for the touchdown. You're afraid to get out there and take the shot to become rich, to retire. And when we come back, my friends, I'm going to explain to you more and more and more how this is killing you and how it's going to just destroy your life because you're playing not to lose. And because of that, you're focusing on failure and accomplishing just that failure. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. I got a lot more to cover on this topic. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes. It's easy to see why Personal Real Estate Investor Magazine named Lifestyles Unlimited the best real estate education and mentoring program in the United States. We take you by the hand and teach you how to invest in real estate. We've been doing it for 25 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they've won independent, local, state, and national Investor of the Year awards nine of the last nine years. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to LifestylesUnlimitedPodcast.com to access our free live training event schedule. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, I was talking about the difference between playing to win and not, not, or playing not to lose. Completely different approach to sports and to life. Let's talk about the positive for a second, then we'll go back to the negative here. Uh, because we had the uh, Astros win a game, third game uh, they won. They're now up 3-2 to two, um, against the Dodgers, L.A. Dodgers. And last night the game was five hours long, went 12 innings. Interesting thing about the game was that the Astros played to win. They were down 4 to nothing after the first inning, 4 to nothing, And the team got together, the, the best four or five guys on the team, and they said, you know what? This looks really bad. This is really bad. So let's just go crazy. Let's just play loose and go crazy, have fun, and play baseball. And boom, they came back and tied up the four, 
5-4. Then they got down 7-4. And again, they came back. Then they went one run over. And so here they were, not just playing catch-up ball, but they were winning. They were catching up and winning. And it went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for 12 innings. And they won in the last inning, in the 12th inning. They won. And they won because they never played to lose. They played to win the entire time. Every time they got behind, that didn't freak them out. That didn't bother them. It stimulated them to try harder, to be aggressive. Because when you focused on winning in life, you will win. So let's take a look here. Let's talk about Joe Blow. Went to college, like his friends. Got an engineering degree, like his friends. Got a good job in the industry, like his friends. Got a nice home, a wife, kids, a dog, like his friends. Puts money in his 401k, like his friends. Saves money to pay off his, pay down his mortgage, like his friends. Has IRA, like his friends. Has a car, maybe has a boat. Has all of the basic trappings to be middle class America. And plans on doing that till he's 65, 70 years of age, and then trying to figure out how to retire. Now, that friend of his, that other engineer, that guy decides to play to win. He says, you know what? I'm going to take the money out of my house. Instead of paying my house off like a complete idiot, and only idiots pay their houses off, a complete idiot pays off his house because that money is sitting there earning you nothing. It's a complete waste of your net worth. So he goes, I'm not going to waste my net worth anymore. I'm going to get that money out there, and I'm going to get it on base. I'm going to hit that thing on base, and then I'm going to hit a home run with it and make 100% return. And so he pulls that money out of that house, $100,000, $200,000, $400,000, and he hits that home run with it. Doubles his money. First apartment deal. Now he's got cash flow coming in. Decides to do it again. Double that money again, and that 400 became 800. That 800 became 1.6 million, and now he's retiring two, three, four years down the line. His buddy's going crazy because his buddy took the safe position, and the world passed him by. When you take a safe position in life, the world will pass you by. Can you imagine the frustration? of that buddy knowing his friend who's the same age as him, just retired at maybe 40, 45 years of age, retired a millionaire, and he's still getting up and going to work every day. His life is a life of quiet desperation and misery. Oh, no, Dell, I have a great, you have a terrible life, guy. You get up and fight the traffic every single day to go to work. That's terrible. You fight the traffic to get home every single day. That's terrible. I'm not trying to brag, but I'm telling you, I'm sitting here at my house doing a radio show for an hour. Come on, guys. What are you doing with your life? You're getting up and going to work and working for someone else to make them rich. Not you, not your family, but them. You're getting paid a pittance. You're taking that money home and you're putting it in a jar, calling it your 401k, putting it in another jar, calling it your IRA, or putting it in another jar and calling it paying down your home. You have absolutely no game plan. You have no offense. You're in the outfield trying to keep people from hitting home runs all around you. Your boss is getting rich. Your friend is getting rich. Everybody you know is getting rich, but you're just sitting out there trying to catch fly balls and get outs. You're just trying to stay even and not lose too bad. You don't want to lose too bad. 
because you could go backwards. You could lose. But see, that's what fear does. Fear freezes you. So when the opportunity approaches, you can't take action. Why? Because you're stared to death and you freeze. And when you freeze, you lose. That's what's happening in your life. You're just like the coach of the Texans. Here we had a team that is blowing and going, is setting records every single week. And when he should have let them just play to win, he forced them to play to lose. Who's forcing you to play to lose in your team? Is it the husband of the house? Is he the conservative? Is it the wife of the house? Is she the conservative? Is it overbearing family members, mother-in-law, father-in-law? Are they dictating that you be mediocre and live the life of quiet desperation the rest of your life? Is that who is dictating that you play a game of Loserville? Getting up in the morning going, I'm going to not lose. I'm going to not lose. I'm going to not lose. You know what's going to happen by the time you get home. You will have lost. Now, you take a look at the Astros, and they said, we are going to win. We are going to win. We are going to win. And they just kept hitting home runs. I saw the other day on Facebook that Curtis Haynes bought another apartment complex. Curtis doesn't even tell us that he's buying apartments. He just keeps buying them. He just keeps hitting home run after home run after home run. And when you wake up and the guy's got 7,600 units plus whatever he just bought, probably 8,000 units. When the guy's making a million, two million bucks a year and you're sitting there go, well, he's lucky. There's not one lucky bone in his body. He's hitting home runs out of the park. Not because he's the smartest guy in the world, but because he's willing to get up and swing the bat, to go for the pitch. That's what it takes to win. But if you sit there and wait for them to walk you, if you sit there and wait for everybody else to get out, you're going to lose. That's the life of a loser. Do you want to be the life of a loser, live the life of a loser? Or would you like to win a championship? After seeing these Astros come back from losing the first game, winning the second, losing the third game, winning the fourth, and then winning the fifth, I have a little respect for them now. The players want to win. The coach was letting them win. He kept changing the pitcher and changing the pitcher and changing the pitcher. Not afraid they're going to run out of pitchers before the end of the series. They wanted to win the game. Forget about the next game. Win today's game, folks. Get out of bed today. Go and win today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's irrelevant. Don't worry about your 401k, your IRA, or your paid in full house. Worry about getting out there and hitting a home run. Make a difference in your life. That's what you need to do, because if you don't, you're just going to live that life of quiet desperation I've been talking about forever. 27 years of watching you do it. I see you. I'm looking right through the microphone. I see you sitting there right now, and you know I'm talking about you. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. 
Get total freedom in your life safely and quickly. Build wealth and passive income so you never worry about working till you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Hi, I'm Steve Davis, an investor in thousands of units over the years. Now it's your turn. Del Wamsey has been my mentor for nearly 25 years, and he's taught over 100,000 people just like you the principles of financial freedom through live one-on-one mentoring at Lifestyles Unlimited and his national radio show. I'm excited to tell you about the real estate workshop that changed my life. The workshop gets you on the inside of what we do and what we believe and unlocks the five ways we make money in real estate. Just like your personal trainer, Lifestyles Unlimited will motivate, encourage, and teach you so you can get in the best financial shape of your life. Call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to register for the workshop that will change your life and let you stop worrying about working till you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Today we're talking about why playing not to lose does not equal playing to win. They're not the same thing. It's a completely different plan of action and one that is almost always going to lead to failure. Uh, When you think about failure, when you focus on not failing, you're really focusing on failing, and that's what ends up happening. But how many of you out there, let's sort of change this tone of this a little bit. How many of you out there believe that you're a pretty smart guy or gal? You know, Del, you know, you're yelling at us and you're telling us that we're not doing anything. We're, we're not living up to our potential. But I think I'm a pretty sharp, pretty successful person. All right, so let's talk about how successful you are. Uh, let's see here. Deshaun Watson has the most running yards by any quarterback this year. That's the best in the world. This is the best football league in the world, and he's the best quarterback, running quarterback in the world. Are you anywhere close to being the best at what you do? I highly doubt it. Uh, he has more touchdowns than any rookie in his first six games. More than any rookie ever. You know, Joe Montana, the best quarterbacks ever, Peyton Manning. Think about it. He has more touchdowns his first five games as a rookie than any quarterback ever, rookie quarterback ever in history. I don't think you can touch that one. You got Deshaun Watson, got the most receiving yards. I'm not sorry. um, DeAndre Hopkins got the most receiving yards and the most touchdowns this year in the NFL. That's pretty hard to touch. And Will Fuller just blows my mind. (laughs) He's only got the ball 11 times, already has seven touchdowns, which is tied with DeAndre for the highest number of touchdowns by any one receiver this year. How can a team that highly effective I mean, those three people won't forget about anybody else contribute. Those three people alone are blowing it away. And there's other people doing well. But how can those people not win when they're ahead one minute, 20 seconds into the game? And I'm going to ask you the same question. If you're as smart as you think you are, if you're really that guy or gal you think you are, why are you not winning? Well, no, we are winning. We have a house. We have kids. We have some money in the bank. That's not winning. That's three and three. Or like the Texans now, three and four. Yeah, you had three wins and four losses. You're mediocre at best. 
You're not the best at what you do. You're not the richest at what you are. You don't, you're not living in the highest neighborhood, and you're not even in the biggest house in the neighborhood you live. You don't have the best car. You don't have the best kids. What have you ever done best in your life? My dad told me one time in my life, which almost ruined my life, he said, Dell, we're 80 percenters. I said, what does that mean, Dad? He says, we're 80 for anything we do, Dell, we can beat 80 percent of the people at it. Anything, doesn't matter what we try, whether it's intelligence or physical fitness or this or that, we can beat 80 percent of the people that we go against. And I said, but Dad, do you realize that only the top 1 percent ever gets paid? Being an 80 percenter is like being a 50 percenter. It means nothing. From 50 to 80, you're just in the middle of the pack. You haven't done anything. So I ask you, if you believe you're that smart person, then let's go ahead and assume that you are. Then I want you to ask the next hard question. Who the heck is keeping you down? Which coach? Because it was the coach. This coach for the Texans destroyed this game for these guys. These guys would have won if they would have let them run a play they wanted to run themselves. But he made them run a stupid play that lost the game. It was a negative, let's keep from losing play. Who's doing that on your team? Think about this. Is it time to get divorced? Is your spouse destroying your life? Is it your mother and father-in-law that giving you crap, keeping you in this life of quiet desperation? Is it your mother and father? Who's henpecking you and maintaining your position in life as the status quo? I know it sounds like I'm yelling at you. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling for you. You're in a deep chasm of mediocrity, and I'm screaming down to you. Come out of the chasm. Climb out of the hole. Get up here. Breathe the fresh air. Understand what it feels like to be at the top of the mountain where all the fresh air and the fresh meat and all the success is at instead of down there in that dungeony little valley of pure mediocrity. That's all I'm asking you. Do it for yourself. It's not for me. I'm already there. I've already got thousands of people that I've helped accomplish this. Thousands. In fact, by the way, I want to say hello and welcome to all the people out in Phoenix. We just had a wonderful, wonderful meeting in Phoenix, Arizona, and it just rocked. And I want to thank you all for attending. But I want you to realize, let's go back to the rules. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards because everybody else is passing you by. And I'll tell you a little secret. It's kind of interesting. I ask you, what do you think that guy thinks when his employee underneath of him retires? (laughs) You're 50 years old and you're the boss and you're giving this guy crap every single day. And one day he comes to you and says, hey, I've got some good news and bad news. What's the good news? Good news is I quit. What's the bad news is I quit you. Right? I'm going out there to be rich. When we turn it the other way around, the bad news is I'm going to have to quit. What's the good news? I'm a multimillionaire. I'm rich. Think what that boss thinks. He goes, my whole life I've suffered for this job, and now this guy just walks away and gets rich? This isn't fair. Now, I'm going to tell you what happens. Many times when someone leaves their job, within six months to a year later, the people they knew at that job, their friends at that job, follow behind them and join up also. I quit. A year later, Steve Davis quit. He used to work for me at Bally's. A year later, he quit, came out and started doing real estate. 
took a year for him to realize that I had retired and not gotten fired. They told him I'd gotten fired. I hadn't gotten fired. I left them high and dry. It ended up being the people I worked for, the three bosses I had, all ended up having less money than me by the time they got old. Only one of them, the very, very top guy, had more money than me. But he was worth $400 million the day I met him, so he was already successful. But he wasn't a just-get-by kind of guy. He was a go-out-and-win kind of guy. He went from one health club to 10 health clubs to 400 health clubs and made himself rich. That's the kind of guy I like to follow. That's the kind of guy I look to as a mentor, is to go out and get it done. So Curtis Haynes bought another apartment complex. Curtis doesn't even bother to tell anybody because he can't even tell his stories as fast as he's growing. And everybody else around him is telling him, oh my gosh, but is it a good economy? Is it still a great time? Is it a bad time? How tough is it? Man, it's scary out there right now. Yeah, sure, it was easy in 2008 when everything was 10 cents on the dollar, but now you got to buy property for what it's worth. Can you make money when you buy it for what it's worth if you don't steal it? The answer is, of course you can. If you know how to operate it correctly, you're buying it to make money. You're not buying it to steal it. So many people out there believe the only way to make money in life is to take it from somebody else. The zero-sum game belief system that stealing from others is how you get rich. Instead of understanding the way you get rich is just keep hitting that ball and scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring. Maybe knock a few out of the park, but you don't have to hit home run every time. You got to get man on. You got to hit a few through. But most people don't want to go to the trouble of getting a hit. They want to wait till they get a grand slam home run. So they wait their entire life and never get one because they never take a swing. If you're sitting here right now and and this is irritating you to death, then believe you me, I'm hitting a bone you know is true. That's Do you understand that? If this is irritating you, I'm hitting a bone you know is true. You are working as hard and as smart as you can, and you're not getting where you want to be. And others, we're sitting out here working just a few hours a week and making two, three, five, ten times the money you're making because we took the action two or three years ago to change what we're doing and to start playing offense, to start playing to win and stop playing not to lose. We gave up on our 401ks, our IRAs, and our paid in full homes and went out for investments in single family rent houses and apartment complexes. We're out there making a difference in the world, making money doing it and helping a lot of people along the way. And you're getting up every day and going to work, getting on that wheel like a mouse and spinning round and round in circles as you drive to work, go through the day and drive back home. Yes, my friends, you are living a life of quiet desperation. We'll be right back with the Dell Wombley Radio Show. You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow, for the next couple of days, for a week, a couple of months, a year? How long until you'd lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the workshop. Go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com and find your true financial peace, like so many of our members already have. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. 
Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Um, today, we've been talking about uh, why playing not to lose doesn't equal playing to win. And I think we've probably covered that topic pretty well. So I want to end this last segment with some, some factual information that parallels this. Constantly, I'm hearing people tell me things like, well, you know, the marketplace uh, is really difficult now because the prices have gone up. And I don't know, it's not like 2008 when you buy something 10 cents on the dollar. Guys, we're not buying stuff 10 cents on the dollar to make a living. We're buying businesses that cash flow. We're operating those businesses more effectively than the people we bought them for, or at least as effectively as the people we bought them for. And we're making money. We own businesses. This isn't about stealing. This isn't about something or nothing, instantaneous gratification disease. This is about being a business person. And business is all around you. You know, if you look out there and you see all these things going on in your in your city, wherever it is, uh, whether you live in a city that's a little bit depressed or whether you live in one that's just booming like Dallas is, when you look out there, there are tens of thousands of business owners that are out there every day making a living for themselves, growing their business, growing their wealth. Uh, some know how to do it correctly. Some don't. Some struggle. Others are very successful. When you look at this situation... It'd be like Tillman Fatita, who just bought the Houston Rockets. He's buying a team uh, for $2.2 billion, more than any team's ever been bought for. And he's saying it's a steal. So how could that be a steal? Because when Wes Alexander bought it, he bought it for, I think it was something like $800 million. Not, not what even that much is, $85 million or something like that. Some really small amount of money. And now it's you know, worth billions. And so Petit is smart enough to realize, well, if it's worth $2.2 billion right now, 20 years from now, it's going to be worth 4 or $5 billion. You know? But we don't see that because we live in this life of quiet desperation. So I'm going to read you the third quarter multifamily occupancy and rent review from ALN, which is one of the largest national data services out there. It says, nationally, the multifamily market performed well in the third quarter of 2017, with average occupancies for conventional properties rising uh, four-tenths of a percent to 92.2%. By the way, that is a very good occupancy. You can survive on that all day long. Uh, you can actually survive all the way down to about 85%. So 92.2 is money-making machine. Uh, it goes on and says... Um, uh, the, the absorption is outpaced performance. It says effective rents are up seven tenths of a percent over three months ago to a dollar thirty nine per square foot, or roughly twelve dollars, uh, twelve hundred forty six dollars per unit. Compared to the end of Q three in two thousand sixteen, effective rents are up a healthy six point one percent. I get that, guys. What else is up six point one percent? Our rents are up on average six point one percent. Through some, although some markets are seeing slowdowns in rent growth, uh, here's a look at different regions and how they fare in the quarter. Now, it goes through every region. I'm not going to read you every region. But what I want you to understand is, is that even when you think the economy is tanked, when you think the world has ended, you know, and everybody thought the world was ended when Obama was president. Now everybody thinks the world is ending with, with Trump. Trump's people believe the world is booming. Obama's people believe the world is ending. I mean, if you listen to the talking heads on TV and you listen to all these people out there, even if you listen to these other owners that run around telling you it's a bad time to be in business, you're not going to get anywhere. 
you're going to be playing not to lose. So I just want you to see that, that how can you have a 6% increase in income, rental income, and we be losing? How can we have a four-tenths of a percent increase in occupancy and we be losing? You say, well, not everybody's losing, Dell. Uh, the uh, Houston, Houston's losing, Dell. Houston's destroyed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, let me read this to you. Top 10, tier one markets, quarterly effective rent change. Number one, Nashville, Tennessee, up 2.6% this quarter alone. Number two, are you sitting? Drum roll, please, all of you negative people out there. Houston, Texas, 2.5% increase this quarter. Whew. Rents have gone from 1,016 to 1,042 on average. And everybody believes Houston is dying. We're number two in the country again in rent increase. Come on, guys. Now, our friends... To the west, Las Vegas, they're up 2.4%. Our friend in California, Sacramento, California, where we own apartments, is 1.9, up 1.9. Tampa, Florida, where I just came back from, 1.6 increase. Orlando, Florida, up 1.6. Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, up 1.5. Just came back from Phoenix this weekend, up 1.5. Atlanta, going to this weekend, I'm going to Atlanta this weekend, 1.4. And Los Angeles, California, up 1.4. There you got it, folks. Those are the big cities right now. But does that mean everybody else is dying? No. That's just the top 10 for a quarter. Think about it. Houston has a 2.5% rent increase in a quarter. Four times that quarter means what? A 10% rent increase annualized. And you say we're dying. I do not know where you guys are getting your information, but it's not from the same world that I'm coming from. And if you're sitting on the sidelines waiting for it to all go bad and the world to die again, just so you can get out there and buy something, 50 cents on the dollar, better get over yourself. You better get over yourself because it's the wrong thing to be thinking. Now, let's talk, look at the bottom 10, doing the worst. The worst is Austin, Texas at minus seven tenths of a percent. New York City, Chicago, Cleveland, San Antonio at four-tenths of a percent increase. Not a decrease, but an increase of only four-tenths of a percent. And everybody from there on down is positive. Only three, no, I take it, four cities in the country have a negative rent growth this quarter. Only four. You see, my friends, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Get out of your own way. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation.
information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.